Breaking down Wisconsin basketball. This is The Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into The Swing. I am Zach Heilprin. He's Jesse Temple from The Athletic. We are back. Last time we talked about basketball, Jesse, um, was before the season. We had a, an opportunity to talk with Greg Gard for an extended period and get a feel for how the season was going to go. And now, eight games into it, we have a little bit better feel for how Wisconsin's going to play. And we, uh, I think we knew coming into the year that it was going to be a defensive-focused team that has certainly played out outside of one game. They've been uh, really, really solid on the defensive end. And offense is here and there. Uh, and still developing, but it's been a, I think it's been an impressive start considering what they lost last year. Uh, they would obviously want that Kansas game back, or maybe they would like different officials in that game. And then the, the, the Wake Forest game, you know, just, they couldn't get the stops that they had been getting all year. And that those are their two losses, but I really, uh, I think it's been an impressive start. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I can't say I knew exactly what to expect with the team this year, because we just didn't know who the, who the players were going to be to emerge other than the top three and what we assumed with, with Tyler wall, Chucky Hepburn and Steven Crowell. I know we'll probably get into Connor Seijin, but since we're almost a full minute or two in, I wanted to mention his name because we're going to be talking about him a lot over the next several years. I am so impressed and entertained just watching him. One of the most entertaining true freshmen. I think I've seen at Wisconsin in a long time, just because of the way he's able to score so quickly. But in general, being six and two at this stage, taking Kansas down to the wire, and playing the way that the Badgers did in a really difficult road environment in the rivalry game against Marquette shows the toughness of this team. I think if you're a Badgers fan, you probably will be biting your nails down to the cuticles because it seems like a lot of games are going to be like that. But it does build a lot of character. And I think by the time we get to later in the season, this team will be super battle tested. And and they certainly have been impressive to this point. Yeah, I mean, you look at their games, one blowout. I mean, obviously, the Stanford game was close pretty much throughout, but outside of South Dakota, it's been relatively tight. I mean, I know they were up big against Green Bay, and then that second half happened, and no one ever wants to speak of that again. But, um, you know, for the most part, they've had to fight every single game, and I, I feel like that's a good thing. Well, um, I guess I'll get your opinion on it. Is it a good thing to have to fight through absolutely every single game? Does it wear you down <laughs> throughout the entire season? Would you like to throw some blowouts in there just to, you know, not just to – give yourself a breath and let your heart get back down where it's supposed to be. Or is this fine? Is this, does this build for you in terms of potentially March or, you know, deep into the big 10 season, you'll, you have this experience of playing in tight games. I think largely it's a good thing. They're going to be playing 40 minutes, no matter what, sometimes 45, um, <laughs> sometimes more, I guess. But um, I, I think it's a good thing just because this will teach Wisconsin how to win in these types of situations. And there are going to be many, many more of these kinds of games when we get into big 10 play. And as we're discussing this, we're right on the cusp of it with Wisconsin diving into two big 10 games and then getting back into it next month. But you look at even the, the battle for Atlantis where Wisconsin beats Dayton by one point takes Kansas, like I said, down to the wire loses by one point on just a, a crazy heartbreaking shot. But to me, of all the games that I've seen Wisconsin this year, that was the one where I thought, good God, this team has some stones. I mean, to do that against the defending national champion really showed me a lot about this team. And then they go and play USC and to come back and win that. I think that was really important for the group to come out of that tournament two and one and not one and two. And they win that by five. So I think there are going to be a lot of games like this. Um, and this is part of, I think, 
what the identity of Wisconsin is going to be this season, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Again, I, I know you mentioned biting your fingernails. Greg Gard joked after the game that, you know, it was obviously his 52nd birthday on <laughs> Saturday. He joked he's feels if the season continues to go like this, he's going to feel uh, get real close to 62 based on uh, some of these results. Because it is. I mean, it goes back and forth and you feel like like even just the Marquette game, right? Like it's it's 77, 72, a little over a minute left. You feel like you're in, you know, not control, but you feel like you're, you're good about it. And real quickly, it doesn't go your way, and you, and you have to get another basket down the stretch on a great play by Chucky and Max Klesman. It just it is a situation where they're finding ways to figure things out at the end, and um, the only game they haven't done that, in my opinion, in my opinion, is is the Wake Forest game. I still think, who cares? They, I mean, can we count the game against Kansas as a win? I'm just, I, I know you're a Kansas guy, but like, it, it was pretty clearly the guy's foot was on was out of bounds before he threw the pass before regulation. So I'm well, counting that as a win. I don't think that I don't think the committee is going to count it as a win, but what about you? You're, you're if counting that were the loss, case. Right? I think if that were the case, Wisconsin would be the 2015 national champion, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> seven years in seven and a half years is too soon. Too soon. Yep. For some, for some, no, I, not, I, I can't, me, I can't but... count it as a win, but uh, I mean, even the Marquette game and the circumstances were pretty unique with Chucky Hepburn's injury, but Wisconsin had a 46 to 30 lead in that game. And even that one ended up going to overtime. So this is, I think we're, we're going to see this season. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's jump into some of what we've seen from these guys. And you were talking about Chucky and he's been on one the last yes. two games. I mean, it, we, I, there was some hand wringing going on early about some of his shooting woes and and he's still inside the three point arc. It's kind of hit and miss at this point, but outside he's shooting 47% from three. And that was not the case prior to the last two games. I mean, he's hit five, three pointers in the last in each of the last two games. And, I mean, I don't certainly don't think is it fair to say he's not going to shoot 47 percent for the season? I think that's fair. I remember okay. we several years ago had a discussion about whether what was it Wisconsin as a team would shoot 40 percent. But I yeah. feel much more confident in saying that 47 percent is probably not going to stick for him. But what does it do for that offense when because I hitting shots matters? That's obvious. But what does it do when uh, to open up some other things for the rest of the offense when you're actually going to have to go out? and challenge uh, Chucky the way he's shooting the ball right now. And he, he, I think he's a solid shooter. I don't think he's a 47% shooter. I don't, maybe he's, maybe he's not even a 40% shooter from three, but the way that he's been able to stroke it of late, just, I feel like it opens up a whole lot more for the offense. Well, it's massive because I think what it also does is if you're a defender, then you don't necessarily know how to play Chucky. And I go back to the very last possession that, that Wisconsin had against Marquette is he's able to drive baseline and he finds Max Klesman for the what ended up being the game winner. He's just so versatile and he can get to so many different spots. But you see the confidence that he has when it starts to build. And, and that was maybe one of the single best halves that I've seen from a Wisconsin player in a long time. Not the best. There's been some good ones, but they were contested shots. They were like, one of them must have been five plus feet behind the line. The straight on contested three toward the end, step yeah. back jumpers, didn't miss a single shot. It's kind of a bummer that he went out five seconds in with an injury and, and missed about 14 plus minutes of game action because I would have loved to have seen what he would have done had he been healthy the whole time. But I think it does a lot because he's such a good creator. I do wonder how much early on the fact that uh, he was trying to adjust to what, what exactly is my role without 
Johnny Davis and Brad Davison, and maybe just putting some pressure on yourself to be that guy. But it seems to be coming more naturally to him. And it clearly opens things up for everybody else. And I think they feed off the confidence. Yeah, for sure. Where do you think he brings more value for this particular team? Is it on the offensive end or the defensive end? Because he's obviously more often than not having, and, and Max Klesman does as well, uh, having to take on some of the, the, the guys that are uh, playing at a high level at the other end, the, some of the better guards or the best guard for the other side. But where do you think he brings more value to this particular team? Ooh, that's a really tough question because he's such a good defender, obviously. He leads the team in steals. You kind of, as I um, alluded to, you see what happens when he's not in the game against Marquette and the way they're able to to score. I, I'm still going to go offensively. And, yes, Marquette is a team under Shaka Smart that likes to pressure. But the the way he can handle the ball, the way he can set everything up, and right now he's the second-leading scorer for this team at 12.5 points per game. When he's on the floor, it just makes things so much easier for guys like Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell. And, and Tyler obviously has emerged into a great player in his own right that he can create for himself and get some some points. That's why he's a leading scorer. But with Chucky, I think I'm inclined to go offense, even though I fully recognize how valuable he is defensively, just because when he's not on the floor offensively, it, it puts a lot more pressure on, on a handful of guys. And it, everything just comes so much easier when he's out there. I think what we saw in the NCAA tournament last year when he went out yeah. and they just had nobody to be able to fill in in his role and, you know, asking Brad to do that or it just wasn't it. it, it, it they weren't ready for that. Um, well, they didn't have think, any other point guards last. Well, that's season. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they weren't ready for that because obviously Lauren Bowman wasn't there and wasn't couldn't play. So like you didn't have the backup point guard you went into the season with. If it had been Lauren and he had been able to play in that game. I don't know if they I don't know if they win it, but it certainly looks better offensively in my mind than it did without Chucky Hepburn. So but we we saw them struggle. And so they went out in the offseason and you know got Kamari McGee. Isaac Lindsay has point guard experience, and then obviously Max Klesmick can play it as well. Do you think when you what you saw in those 14 minutes where Chucky went out, do you feel better about their uh, behind him now than at this uh than, than last year at the NCAA tournament just because you have bodies there? And is that still a big concern though? Because oh, I don't like well, because it feels like Kamari McGee is coming along slowly. Isaac yeah. Lindsay, we saw against again it was Stanford, it was you know his first true real big time playing minutes. They pressured him and it never really felt comfortable. And and Max it, uh, Max can do it. Um he's not probably gonna be anything, he's not gonna be dynamic for you anybody any stretch. But do you think uh they're in a what would you how would you grade where they're at behind Chucky right now? Well, if I'm trying to draw a comparison specifically to that NCAA tournament situation, I certainly feel better about where Wisconsin yeah. is now because they've got more depth in terms of what you're going to get out of them. I like what Max can do in that position. I think, I mean, he's going to protect the ball. He's going to make smart decisions and he can get you some buckets. You're right with Kamari. I mean, that was, the Marquette game was the first time that he even scored when he made that that three from the wing and then he had another bucket. I don't really know how much you can expect from either him or, or Lindsay. And obviously Lindsay we've seen has the talent to make some three pointers. It's not a great situation. I don't think in terms of like you always want, if you go to your bench to feel like there's not going to be a, a major drop off. And I think that's why we'd probably see more of Klesman in that role. But I think Kamari McGee deserves the opportunity to have more chances. And and I mean, that, he's got to adjust to this role too, coming over from green Bay, but they're in a better spot now than, than where they were last season. Certainly, obviously having Chucky on the floor is, 
is a big deal. And that's why he's playing 30 plus minutes this season. So that's one of the big three. The other member of the big three that has obviously gotten off to a great start is Tyler Wall. Yeah, he is leading the team in scoring 14 and a half points per game. He's leading the team in rebounding 7.1. He's uh, right up there in steals. He's right up there in assists. So like you go on down the line of what the, the boxes that he's checked, how I mean, I, I feel like there have been some uncharacteristic moments for him uh, around the basket. Like it just feels like sometimes the touch isn't necessarily always there, but other times he's he's looked almost unstoppable when, when he gets inside. Have you noticed that same thing in just in terms of maybe some of the the lack of being able to finish inside? And it's it's definitely not only a Tyler Wall problem for this team. The the inability to to make layups has been a an issue throughout the year. But do you do you have any concern there? Not yet. Um, I still feel like Tyler is he's just a better version of what he was last year across the board, which is what you would have expected with him stepping into the being the guy with the top two moving on. But all the numbers basically across the board are up. Um, I mean, he's also averaging about three turnovers a game, which isn't ideal, but I think I don't have substantial concerns with that. You know what you're going to get from him. He's not a three point shooter, although he did make one three against Marquette, I believe. I mean, he's two for 14 this year. So he's he's shooting 14% this year. He shot 16% last year from three. You just, you want him around the basket. You, you want him to be able to take some guys off the dribble who aren't accustomed to guarding a player like that. And his, I think with his game, it's going to come with some of those opportunities where maybe he misses at the bucket, but he's going to get more chances and he's probably going to get a lot of those rebounds anyway and convert them into points. Yeah, no, you, you mentioned up across the board. The only thing that stood out to me was just the, the 40% field goal shooting and you mm-hmm. know where most of those shots are coming from, right? So yeah, it's definitely um, down because he was 51.6% last year. Right. So that, that, that is where I was asking the question. I, he's still just so vital for them because he can check so many different boxes. It just doesn't, when he's not out there, you can certainly tell. And yet I feel like there's a huge leap that he can still take just because uh, of the shooting around the basket. Um, he's never going to be, a, I don't care what anybody, he's never going to be a three point shooter. He's that, no. that he, look at his, look at his stats. He is who he is. He can practice it that. I mean, people can say that his shot looks better, but that's just who he is right now. And I don't think that's ever going to that's never going to change where he is can be better, obviously, is around the basket right now. But outside of that, I don't know what you'd be looking for more from him. Right. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think he's given Wisconsin what people would have expected him to give this year as the leading scorer, as the leading rebounders, one of the best defenders who's so versatile that he can guard multiple positions that he can score inside. This is the Tyler Wall that uh, people expected. And then the last member of the big three, Stephen Crowell, mm-hmm. who, and we're going to get to, you, you mentioned Connor Seijan. He's obviously played such a big role, and uh, we will get to that in a minute. But he was the other returning starter. He's played the second most minutes of any of any of the starting five. Only Max Klesman has played more. How would you judge what you've seen from Steve? And is he, this is so tough, and I'm, I'm going to ask the question after we, get, we have to get through these guys, but of the three, Wall, Hepburn, or Crowell, which one could Wisconsin least afford to lose? I think there could be an argument made for Stephen Crowell because just because of the struggles or maybe the, the lack of size that they have behind them. I think that's totally fair when you look at what Wisconsin has on its roster right now. If it's not Crowell, what big guys does Wisconsin have as options? We've seen a fair amount of Carter Gilmore, but 
from a production standpoint, I, I mean, I think you're not going to get a lot from him. And after that, they're just, I mean, there's, there's almost nobody, right. They, yeah. You know, who, played who's, who, who can, right. I mean, he's played in four games for nine minutes. So I think that's a totally fair point about Crowell's value to this team, but of the, the big three, as we're calling it, he's the one in my mind that's got so much more to give. And we've seen flashes. And I, I go back, like in the Marquette game, there was one instance where he just powered through a big man down low and showed his strength and was able to score in a really critical situation down the stretch. And it was like, Wisconsin needs so much more of that out of him. And I don't know whether it's just having more of an aggressive mindset or what, but I think that Wisconsin needs him as much as anybody because of, as you said, what, what Wisconsin has right now. Would it surprise you to learn that he leads the team in assists? Very much so. I mean, <laughs> I, I have the stats in front of me, but if right. you didn't know that, yeah, absolutely. And obviously seven of them came against Marquette. So that's a pretty healthy portion of that number. But I feel like, and Greg Gard talked about it after the Marquette game. That's kind of why they recruited him, his skill set. It's, yes, he, he he's he doesn't get flustered necessarily when the double team comes and it has come a lot this year for him. He doesn't, especially, you know, even when he gets trapped on the baseline or, or uh, on the sideline, he's he's not freaking out. He's he's looking over. He's and he, more often than not making the the right pass. So I, he's the typical Wisconsin big. You just obviously want him to be a little bit more uh, assertive down low. And he's hit some big shots from from deep, but still only at 29%. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of room to grow. But I remember Greg talking about Steven a couple of years ago and what he was providing, like even as kind of a scout team guy. And and I think it was the preparation for the NCAA tournament. Was it was it North Carolina a couple of years ago? That he got um, in late in late in that game? Or just or no, him, not, him being not a scout game, team he, guy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. the, the yep. preparation for that. I, I just remember talking to Greg about that and he him simulating the opposition and the way he was able to pick apart the defense oh, with yes. his ability yep. to see guys. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that is one thing that he does extremely well. I think you'd just like to see more offensively. And he's he's under 30% from three. I don't know what a realistic, reasonable expectation is, but I think with the, the number of times that he shoots it, you'd want him to hit it a better clip. But just being more assertive and more consistent down low. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, it was about... 31% last year, 30, close to 32%. The thing that, that stands out, and maybe it's just because they don't have somebody else, but he's playing six minutes more per game this year so far than he did last year. And when we talked to guard before the season, it was him. He, I mean, he talked about how he had to be careful with, with Crowell and lugging that body up and down the floor because he had put on weight and he is a big body and you don't want to get him worn down. Do you think 31 or 30 uh, minutes a game, 31 minutes a game is okay for him. I'm trying to, I don't know how many bigs his size, the seven footers have played that type of minutes at Wisconsin. Maybe Frank. I think it's what Wisconsin is going to have to do this year. So sometimes you've got to follow the model by any means necessary. And if yeah. you're playing him fewer minutes, then that means you've got somebody else on the court who has a lesser skill set than him. That's, that's just how it is where Wisconsin is right now with its front court because he's so valuable. So I, I don't think 30 or 31 minutes is is overdoing it. Uh, we're going to find out because the grind really starts to pick up here over the next couple of months. But these guys, they're 18 to 22. They're college kids. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I went back and looked. Uh, Nate Reavers never played more than 26. 
Well, um, he could split with uh, Micah Potter. He could, but uh, I believe the year that I'm looking at 26, Micah didn't start what wasn't there for the first half of it. Is that right? No, that's not right. Different year. Either way, it doesn't matter. All right, Connor Asijan. Let's do what it. Is, what is your favorite thing about Connor Asijan? Uh, I'll let you think about that, and I'll go first. I love the swagger and the fact that people in the Big Ten are going to absolutely hate him. And uh, just that face that he makes every time he makes a shot, just the absolute swagger. I love that about him. I think it's what fans are going to love about him um, because he just he just exudes it. And you don't normally get a ton of that at Wisconsin, at least outwardly. There's uh, Everyone in this team has confidence in themselves. But the exuding it out and throwing it at people, is, it's, uh, it's awesome. I love that. I love that uh, from him. And obviously his shooting is big uh, is something that's that's pretty good too but what is, what is your favorite thing about Connor Asijan well i'll be real with you i think he might be one of my favorite badgers to watch already in the, in the <laughs> already <laughs> i love watching a dude who can make a shot from anywhere on the court um and totally change the game i i love the swagger i just love the instant offense that he provides I do wonder how much people are going to wind up hating him. I don't want to start that narrative too early, but like he's, he just plays the game. He doesn't make a big scene. I mean, certainly if, if you're making shots the way he does, you're going to have some swagger and celebrate, but I love a guy who can hit three pointers with the ease and consistency that he can. And just makes me wonder, maybe Wisconsin should go out and just start recruiting the entire state of Indiana. Cause he, he was the first guy that they had since 97 and he was a top 10 all-time scorer in indiana so i'm i'm really surprised that it's happened this quickly for him i really am and i know greg talked before the season about the defensive side which is so important at wisconsin and something that he continues to adjust to but for a guy to come in and yes it's early it's eight games into the season and be shooting 50 percent from three 46.4% 46.4% from the field and 100% from the free throw line granted only on 13 attempts Pure score. I just love it. One of the Twitter questions we got uh, from Tim asked uh, whether Connor's the most confident freshman at Wisconsin that you've that you've seen during the Ryan Guard era. Would you would you say that? I mean, I'm, I'm, wow. If you think about some of the freshmen that have played and played extensively, there's Orlando Tucker. There's Devin Harris. I think I think Devin had a lot of confidence, but he was in the starting lineup right away. Who else? Uh, Nigel Damn. Hayes. Sam Decker was Sam. What, sixth sixth man his freshman year. Yeah. So I mean, and obviously Sam had uh, I mean, that Brad. might be a good comparison. What'd you say? Brad Davison, who worked his way into the starting lineup after what four or five games. Yes. Um, and played that shoulder brace all year. I'm, it's not a long I'm list. Trying to think, I, it's not a long list, and I think he's at the top of it right now. I don't think any like it. it sometimes it takes a while for a player to grow on fans and so like i was when he was shooting the other day he got a, a great look and the yeah, the entire entire arena thought the ball was going in and i'm trying to think of the of, of a player that we're at this point early this in this early in this career that you think every shot that he takes is going in and i i, I can't remember the last player that was like that so early in a career that he's just jumped out and and run with it and it feels like he's been here for much longer than he has yeah, I, I, again, I think it's just come together so quickly. And I mean, when you're a scorer, you're a scorer. The thing that I started thinking about, which is just preposterous, but 
like where is he going to wind up as a, as a three-point shooter here in program history and 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 brad made 300 career three-pointers he's the all-time leader because he got a fifth season and because of that i don't know if connor's going to be able to catch up to him i mean he's averaging two made threes a game at this point uh and if he got 100 and you know let's say they played 35 games a year for four seasons I think it would be close, uh, but he's yeah. going to have a chance. He he's going to go down. I think if if this continues and he stays healthy and he continues to play and improve as as one of the best three point shooters that we've ever seen at Wisconsin. And, and I feel sort of silly talking about this eight games into a kid's career, but <laughs> but it's just so much fun to watch. Um, our friend of show Bart Torbick said after the South Dakota game that he would break the record. Uh, he he threw it out there. He 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 threw it out there. He jumped on that take, and I gonna be close. I kind of agree. I kinda when he's agree. a starter, when he's a starter, he's gonna get a, a whole heck of a lot more opportunities because right now he's only playing about twenty one minutes a game. So what's gonna happen when he's playing thirty one minutes and he's just right the guy? Yes, right. And it's almost it, almost all of it's been good. I think the only thing that like if there's one part of the game that he needs to prove, I don't think it's a shock to anybody. It's defensively. Yeah. Because right, because he. The, and rebounding boxing guys out well it's just the physicality of the game specifically with the way he's built (laughs) no right yeah right um no it is it is what he's been fantastic and i think he's going to be one of those guys that goes down as someone you think about when you think about wisconsin basketball and again i know that's putting a lot of he didn't like i can put any pressure on him he doesn't care what i say but like i just i feel like that's one of those he's one of those guys that has that chance um, does he, does this game remind you of anybody? I've seen him, like people compare him to, to Tyler hero. Um, but huh. I feel like Tyler might be a little more athletic than, uh, than Connor, but he carries himself the same way and, and certainly shoots any, and he's got, you know, the quick shot that he can get off against almost anybody. So it, it does kind of, I guess it, you can see it, but I, I wish there was a better comparison. Yeah, I don't uh, think I'm ready to go that Tyler far. Hero. I mean, he hero played himself into a first round NBA draft pick after a year right. at Kentucky. But again, when you know how to score, that doesn't go away, and it's only going to get better. I like this other question that we got uh, in uh, in the Twitter questions, so I want to throw it in here. Do you think this is the most challenging season for the players and coaches to define roles in recent memory? Um, because guys like Jordan Davis and guys like uh, Carter Gilmore and, and Isaac Lindsay and Kamari McGee. It's it's all kind of like who are they going to be in this particular game? And it's and, and Greg talked about it when we had him on. Is there? And he's talked about him a number of other times. But it could go depending on who on the matchup, 10, 11 deep, and it may not be the same guys every night. Yeah, I don't know if it's more challenging this year than in other years because this is something that we've seen from previous Wisconsin teams as well. But there's no doubt when you lose two players the caliber of of Johnny and Brad that it changes the dynamic completely with this team. You knew you were going to have the big three, but you've got to have more players be able to step up. And I think of all the guys that we haven't talked about, Jordan Davis is really the one that's trying to figure out his role, I, I, I suppose, more from a consistency standpoint. He started every game, but he hasn't shot the ball particularly well. I think there's other areas that need improvement. But he also has a short memory. I mean, he hit a huge three down the stretch. And and I think he's one of those guys that Wisconsin just desperately needs to kind of break out of a funk and, and be the type of player that we've seen or heard he can be in practice. 
But I think this is par for the course in a lot of years where you've got guys trying to figure out what their roles are going to be. And I, I think early in the season, we've largely seen it. I I guess I'd throw another question back for you is, do you think there will ever come a time this year where Connor wor- works his way into the starting lineup because he's just too good offensively? I mean, he's, th- he's third in the team in scoring right now, despite playing, what, the sixth most minutes on the team? I just wonder if that's ever going to materialize. And so who are you kicking out, Jordan Davis? I suppose so. I mean, yeah. I don't know that that's going to happen right now, I, but I, I just, I, yeah. Could it happen? Yes. I also just, I mean, we, this has always been a thing where it doesn't really matter who starts, it matter who's finishing the game. Um, and I, we, we kind of saw Connor the other day getting a little bit of foul trouble. And so do you want him out there more minutes with the possibility of that being a, a, an issue for him? And I also think Jordan Davis, the athletic, his athletic ability and his willingness to guard is there. And so I, I think you, when this team is, it's a conundrum here. They have to be a great defensive team to win games. Yeah. But they also have to score a little bit. And so it's, it, it's kind of like, which, which side do you take? And if Connor can get his defense up to average level, uh, I don't even know how you would define that then maybe yes. But I also just like bringing him off the bench and giving that little uh, bit of uh, juice to it from that bench unit because he's the only one, the only one coming off the bench and scoring. You know what I mean? Like he is is the scoring off the bench. Isaac Lindsay is the next highest scorer for bench players at 2.1 points per game. So it's a difficult question. What do you think? I mean, I totally get it. And obviously this is how Greg views views it right now is you've, you've got a spark as your sixth man and down the stretch if he's playing well you can keep him in and and there were times also where we saw both Asijin and Davis on the floor together so it's not like only one of them has to be on the floor at a time um I don't know it's really difficult I just like watching him score I'm biased <laughs> uh I think you know every Badger fan will uh, agrees with you in that respect uh, of uh wanting to see him more and and want him to shoot it every time. Uh, so Wisconsin's going to jump into league play here and uh, they're going to face Maryland, a tough Maryland team on Tuesday night. And then they are going to Iowa later this week. What do you think we're going to learn out of these two games? And do you think based on what you've seen for the big 10 so far, whether the Badgers are going to be able to be in that top four? Ooh, that's going to be really tough. Um, I mean, there's six teams ranked in the AP top 25 right now. Maryland and Purdue both started off hot, both undefeated. Um, I don't know if I see a top four finish from this team this year, but I do think it would be an accomplishment to finish in the top half of the league. I mean, even if that's seventh year, an NCAA tournament team, um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all for, for the group this year. And, And maybe they will surprise. We've certainly seen it before. But I think they'll be in the mix for for an NCAA tournament spot. I think they'll be able to beat any of these teams on any night. This is what the Big Ten is going to be. It's what it's been for so many years. It's just awfully talented this year. Yeah. So what about the NCAA tournament? Do you feel better or worse? I mean, I I feel better. uh, I really do. Do you? I do. I know. You know, the NCAA net rankings, which we'll get into later on in the year because it's just fun and something to talk about, finally came out. And Wisconsin's sitting there at 77, which is sort of mind-blowing because I felt like Wisconsin would be would be higher. But a lot of the victories that they have are against teams that are 140-plus. I mean, USC, Stanford, Dayton, I think 
I think Wisconsin will wind up as a tournament team. And, and Marquette is 37 in those net rankings. So I, it's only going to continue to go up when Wisconsin gets into Big Ten play. And I do feel better about it because of the way that they've performed against quality opponents to date. Yeah, it's uh, I, I do feel better about it. I just also think that their margin for error is very, very small. Oh, yeah, no doubt right? about it. A lot of I the mean, games are going to be super close one-two possession type of games. And if they can keep on closing games like they have so far this year, that, that you know they're going to be in good shape. It's just, it's tough. It's it's really tough. Um, I found one more question. Uh, we'll do it quickly here. Um, South Jersey Pete, and this is kind of goes into what we were talking about before. But where would you compare Connor Asijan uh, to other Badger freshmen to this point? Not in terms of attitude and all that stuff, but when it comes down to like Nigel da- uh, Nigel Hayes, Brad Davison, Johnny. Orlando, Jordan Taylor, Bohannon, Reavers, Devin. Like, where would you where would you say is he? Do you think he's going to end up being one of the better true freshman, true freshman year to oh, to be at Wisconsin? I do. Um, it's really difficult to compare over the decades because they all have totally different skill sets. I mean, nobody was tougher than Brad, the guy who played through having one shoulder as a freshman, and he had clearly developed as a leader the day he set foot on campus. That's not who Connor Asijan is right now. But in terms of a productivity standpoint with what he's doing in limited minutes, I don't know how you could ask for much more at this point. I don't know what the ceiling is on on the rest of the season in terms of production, if he, if he gets the same number of minutes, especially if he's playing against Big Ten teams that have scouted him, because that's the other thing, especially for true freshmen that they've got to adjust to is you're entering into a whole new world when you get into big 10 play and people have seen you, nobody's seen Connor Asijan before people weren't really scouting. I don't think his Indiana high school film. So he's coming out and able to do this with a lot of success early on. But I think in the end, he'll probably wind up among the more productive just because of his ability to score as consistently as it's been. It's going to be exciting. Um, We kind of went into this year, not knowing exactly what it was going to look like and, and whether it was going to be tough to watch this team, but He's he alone is is enough reason to turn on the TV every time uh, they're playing, and they will do that Tuesday night against Maryland at home in a big game, uh, the opening of Big Ten play. It's only two games, and then they go back into to non-conference. But um, I, I think these next two games obviously going to give us an idea of exactly who they are and and what they could potentially be uh, this season. Uh, we will be back uh, next week. We'll, we'll start. Uh, I know someone complained about it. A nuclear badger complained about we don't do enough episodes of the swing but uh there has been some other stuff going on um <laughs> in another sport on campus but we are going to be uh getting back into this on a weekly basis um as uh big 10 play and, and the rest of the season moves on and we appreciate you listening jesse uh thank you very much thanks zach all right there he is jesse temple from the athletic you've been listening to the swing